that we would find purpose, that we wouldn't walk lamelessly, lamelessly, that, that too. Um, one, of the, one of the most important things is to have purpose, to have a dream, to have a reason to get up in the morning. And I'll tell you this, I have decided to live life on purpose. My, my uh, challenge for all of you is to live life on purpose. Here's our main thought um, today, if you're taking notes, is this. Everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. There was a famous um, author, political activist, the first blind and deaf person um, to earn a Bachelor of Arts degree. Some of you know um, Helen Keller or uh, know of her, and, uh, and she was quoted as saying this, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. There's a verse in the Bible that's just an incredible statement here as we're discovering vision and discovering purpose. Uh, Proverbs 29, 18, some of your Bibles, it says it this way, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And some of you have said that to yourself. You've said, you said, I feel like, I feel like I'm dying. I don't, you don't have to raise your hand, but man, this week, this month, this year, recently, you think back at a season of your life where you just, man, I just feel like I'm dying. I feel like, like there's just nothing I'm living for. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Most of the other versions um, uh, of the Bible quote Proverbs 29:18 that say, the people cast off restraint. And, and that's, what's, what's that? That's like you know, people cast off restraint. Well, you know, it doesn't matter. It, 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 it's just nothing's going to matter anyways. I'll just live my life. They just cast off restraint. I like one version. It says it this way. It says, it says uh, uh, about vision, without vision, it says the people run wild. People just run wild. There's just no, it's like the dogs that are just like running through the fence or, or howling at all the people. There's no, there's no vision in Hebrew, the, the word for vision there in that verse is, uh, now I'm going to try to say this correctly because it's confused with another, another word. It's kazon, not to be confused with calzone. And everyone's thinking about that as they're going, going home today to, to eat lunch. Kazon. And kazon, it simply means this. It's a dream, a revelation, or a vision. A dream, a revelation or a vision. And so that verse, it says, do you, ha- do you have a dream? Do you have a revelation? Do you have a vision that you're living for? And, and, and that's what he, the author of Proverbs is asking us today. And so I want to talk about a, just a few things as we go. And, and, and you, if you, I think you have notes in your, uh, in your bulletin there. And the first one is um, a vision for life will bring focus. And, and we, we know that. Some of us, and some of us, some of you, you, you know this, is that, is that without a vision in your life, like, there's no focus. There's, no, there's nothing that we're living for. Um, we say, in other words, we say yes to everything and no to very few things, right? What you find is that as there's vision, as there's a mission, as, as God starts to, to really start to develop your heart and you know why you're here on this earth, then you start to be able to say no to a lot of things and yes to the only those things that he's asking you to do. It's the, the language of the day. You know this. You've been around people or maybe it was yourself. People are just, I'm busy. I'm just so busy. 
I'm, I'm so tired, right? How you, how you doing? Oh, I'm busy. Uh, how, how you doing? I'm just, just really tired. Now, I mean, I think I said that to somebody today. I don't know. You're like, well, pastor, I'm busy. And, and a lot of times what, what we're really saying is there's, I'm doing a lot of things and I'm so tired, but I'm not doing the main thing that God's calling me to do. Because, because we're doing everything and even the things that don't bring purpose. I'll tell you this, all of hell will have a vision for your life. Did you know that? All of hell has a vision for your life. Satan has a plan. I remember one of my mentors a long time ago that said, that said Satan hates your guts and has a horrible plan for your life. But I'll tell you what, he's got that horrible plan. And unless we know our purpose, unless we know our vision, his plan sometimes prevails. And, and so watch, McDonald's has a plan for your body. Hollywood has a plan for your family. Marketers have a plan for your finances. And so if we don't have a focus then we don't even know why we exist. All of a sudden, it just starts, we start getting pulled in all these directions. Uh, number two, a vision for life will bring endurance. And you know this. Some of you are so tired, you're ready to give up, and you barely made it here, and you're just, oh, a vision for your life brings, it's not that you never are tired. It's that, man, there's something I'm living for. There's the thing that's right in front of me and I'm tired, but I'm going to make it because there's, because there's the, the vision. There's the purpose. This is what God's calling me to do. And you, and you make it through, man. Um, my, my wife is, she's a champion. She is, she's given birth to three babies. Everyone say, amen. Right, I'm getting some points right now, and uh, there's. Uh, I was thinking of of Aria because Aria, when she was born, um, the the medication didn't didn't come in time, and Becky's like, "What's going on? You know, I need this," and and, uh, and they're like, "We gave it to you." And what we found was that the uh, the she was so close to giving birth that the medication you might as well just not have had it, and and it was she. But there was this goal. It was the baby. It was, you know, uh, hair, teeth, and eyeballs, and boom. I'll tell you what. Some of us in this room, we're going through things that are, are, that are that intense. And if there's not a vision, if there's not a goal in mind, life feels that painful. It feels that. And then, and then it's like when my wife had a kidney stone. She's like, she's like you know, man, you know, people say, you know, uh, that it's as painful as this or that. And she's like, the, the thing is this, is that, is that uh, I don't, like, get to hold the little kidney stone at the end and say, oh, you know, nice, nice little kidney stone. You know, like there's, 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 it wasn't worth it, in other words. Like, any of you ladies that have had babies, you're just like, it was worth it. <laughs> like, it was awesome, all that pain, and, and here it is. The kidney stone wasn't like that. And a lot of us... We have this pain. We have this, we're going through life. We have this thing and, we're, and, and if without the vision, without the purpose that's hanging out there in front of us, then, it, and then it, it's just not even worth it. It just doesn't make any sense. And then the third thing, a vision for life will bring fulfillment. And some of us, we just look for fulfillment in all the wrong places. I think there's a song about that. And you can't find fulfillment in any other place than what he has designed you for. And so here's the question today. Where does vision 
come from? Where does vision come from? Because that's the place. That's like, man, all right, you've told me all of this stuff, but where does it come from? How do we find vision for our life? How do we find purpose? And I'll tell you this, and, and, and some of you will agree with me. It comes from the one who has already written all the days ordained for you in his book. The vision for my life comes from the one who's ordained every day. And some of you say, well, man, if he's ordained, if he's written every day, man, he must not be a good author because, he, because look at my life and look at all the things. He ordained all this. And I'll tell you this, he ordained your life, but sometimes we um, write our own chapters. Sometimes, sometimes we write some extra chapters in there. Man, I've written some, any of you written some extra chapters in your book? And the cool thing about God is that the last chapter always fits. That no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're going through right now, he can take it all and he can, and he can say, I can use this and all the mistakes, all the pain, all the past, all the junk, all the things that you've walked through and, and you've added an, an extra chapter or nine or ten and, and, and the book is a little bit longer than God planned on and he says, I can bring in a chapter that will bring all of this together. Guess what? The good news is that God has a vision for your life, and it's not too late. The chapter still fits. He has a way of working it all together. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 to 12, it says this. One version says, It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything, in everyone. It's in Christ. It's in him. And, and some of you, we, if we sat down and had coffee and we were just talking about your life, some of you would say, man, I've, had, I've been living for something. I've been having a vision, but it hasn't been in Christ. It hasn't been connected there. And this is, it's in Christ. You're going to have to come to God to find your purpose because he's the one that made you. I like the place in Ephesians where it says this. It says, you are God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works, which Christ created in advance. For you. It's, it, it's like he created your purpose before he created you. I like one, one place that it, that it says that you are God's masterpiece. He created your purpose before he ever created you. The thing is, is that a lot of us are trying hard we really are trying hard. Some of you say, man, I'm, I'm trying. I'm not like the dog sitting on the track panting. I'm more like the dog that's like running through the wall. Like some of you are, are, are trying hard. You just have a couple broken ribs, right? And, and you're trying hard. You're going for this thing, but we're just missing the target. There's a story in uh, 2004 Olympics in Athens. There was a, there was a man, um, Matthew Emmons, who was um, the world best in the rifle competition. And there was a certain rifle competition that's called the, the three-position posi 50-meter rifle competition. So they have three positions, and you shoot 40 shots at the target in each position. And it's supposed to be able to show you who is the most well-rounded at, at, uh, at rifle shooting. Because you could have uh, this one-position competition and this other position competition, but if you do all three, the three-position competition is supposed to show who is the best rifle shooter in the world. Well, in, in the 2004 Olympics, um, Matthew um, Emmons, he was blowing everybody out of the way. He's the American 
Um, and, and he already won, won gold in another area. And he, all he had to do in this specific event was just get near the bullseye. And if you're, um, if you're like world best Olympian, like that's not, a, that's not hard. Um, I mean, out of all of those 40 shots, most of those are hitting the bullseye. All you had to do is do that. He just had to get near it. And he lines up. And if any of you have ever, uh, you know, shot a gun, because I, I shoot guns quite regularly. And uh, if any of you have ever shot a gun, um, that was kind of a joke. But uh, there's a, there, you find as you read about that there's breathing techniques and there's all these things so that you can calm yourself, so that you can shoot at the right moment, so that you can line things up. And, 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 really, and so they, they learned these techniques, and he was calm. In fact, in the story, he said that he was, he was focusing on, on being calm. In fact, he was, he was super calm. It was lined up, and he shot at the wrong target. Wrong target. He went from going to sweep everything and take gold. He went from first place to eighth place in a moment. Got zero for that because he shot at the wrong target. And, and, he, uh, and he said, yeah, he says uh, that I wished I had been more concerned with where I was shooting. Wouldn't you? <laughs> Isn't that a lot of us? Like we're, we're trying hard. We're lined up. We've calmed down. We're like, it's not like we're just sitting doing nothing. It's not like we're just on the side. But we're, we're actually like we're aimed. We're, we're ready. But we're just shooting at the, wrong, at the wrong target. And you've tried all these other places, and it's just coming up empty. There's good news again is that God has purpose for your life. You feel like you've been shooting at the wrong target. You feel like you've been doing these things and going after purpose and vision and you're coming up empty. There's good news. There's good news. God has purpose. Um, one of the purposes even under, with this church, we, we have uh, our vision, encounter, grow, release. And under our grow, it's, there's part of that grow in our heart is this, that you would discover purpose. That you would just, if, if you could discover your purpose. Man, uh, you would be dangerous. Jesus could, can use you. You would be, be advancing the kingdom of God if you could. And so that's part of our vision for you is to help you discover purpose. And, and that's one of the things that we're doing with Discover Track. In fact, next week, class two, and you, you don't have to take them in order. You do need to take them. But class two is, uh, is all about that. Discover your design next week. I would encourage you as, as great of a preacher as I am and as much as you think, man, I don't want to miss him. Just miss me next week and go in and, and, and do this. It's going to be a kind of a lab format and they're going to be able to take you through a few, few tests and, and through places to help you discover your gifts and your passions. And, uh, and I, I'll tell you what, when you discover who God has designed you to be, like it means everything. It means everything. And it's going to change it all for you. Um, uh, it'll make what you are now currently calling your problem smaller. When you know why you're here on this planet, what you are currently calling your problem, start, it's, it's, it, they're still there. They're just, they're just smaller in comparison to your vision and your, your, your design. It, it, it just makes it. And so one of the, we want to discover that this morning. So we're going to talk about uh, the book of Ephesians. There's a place in Ephesians. And scholars and theologians have looked at this book and they've said, you know what? If you're going to read one book of the Bible, a lot of scholars say, read the book of Ephesians. Some people call it the Magna Carta of the Bible. Like the one place for the Christian faith that's the Magna Carta. It's the place we, we got to read. It's only five chapters long. 
I encourage you to read the book of Ephesians. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to focus on a few verses here, 8 through 18. And, uh, and then we're just going to we'll wrap this up because God uh, has a vision for your life. He has purpose for your life. And I think we can start to see how this comes to play right here in Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 8, it says, it says this, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. In other words, put light on. Uh, let this light light up your life. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And then it goes on in verse 10. It says, and find out what pleases the Lord. I like that, that phrase, find out. Hey, go, on a, go on a discovery, go on a journey, find out what pleases the Lord and have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness. Rather expose them. And I'll tell you what, all of us have dark places. I don't have to ask you to raise your hand. Like how many people have dark places in their life in here? Anybody? Like we all have, we all have dark places in our life. We all have places that, that need the light of the Lord to, to shine up. And, and as I look at this, uh, you know, don't have anything to do with these things, but rather expose them. Here's, here's the number one thing that, that just comes to mind. This is first talking about you and me taking inventory of our own life. The, the first place here with this verse is to let God's light expose your own life. And it isn't for guilt, shame, and condemnation. The, when God exposes something, it's because he loves you and he has a plan for you and he wants there to be healing and freedom and, and life. And, and so when he shines that light, he's like, he's like hey, son, hey, daughter, let's, uh, let's grow. Let's, let's, let's go to, to great places. And so the first place here, because a lot of times we'll read a verse like this and we're like, I'm going to go expose darkness in other people. You know, right? You know, if you're married, you're like, I... I've got, uh, I, I'm going to take the light of the Lord and expose darkness in my spouse. Or, or you've got a friend or a coworker, or, or you're, you, you've been at this church long enough, and you're like, I know where some darkness is, right? And you're just, right? The first place is yourself. There's another place in the Bible that says to, to take the plank out of your own eye, right? Before you take the speck out of someone else's. The truth is, is that we all have darkness, and God wants to first work on our own. But then guess what? Guess how you expose darkness in somebody else? Hey, here's the list of things that you're not doing right, right? No, no, no. Here, here. light doesn't have a problem with shining. It just automatically shines. And so as you are aware of the light of God in your life, as you are allowing God to expose your own stuff and to work on your own stuff, and you are just becoming that person, then you walk into a room and you don't even have to say anything. It just gets, it's like the light switch gets turned on. You just rub shoulders with the person that you're working with. You rub shoulders with them and all, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, it's like the light just got turned on. Like, get away from me. I don't know. Like, it's, you're too bright, I bet. And I almost bet if, you, if, we, if, the, if there were demons right there, they'd say, go away, get away from me, right? Because your light is just turned on. It's not that hard. The, the, the Ephesians later, it says, you are light. And you're like, well, I'm light. I thought Jesus was light. When Jesus is in you, when you have come into agreement with that, when you have, have gotten saved and the Holy Spirit is in you, it's like you are now a spiritual light bulb. And everywhere you go, as you are aware of the light that's in you, darkness just automatically gets exposed. It goes on in verse 12. It says, it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible 
And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. There it is again. When something's illuminated, it becomes a light. As I'm saying, God, would you shine on me? Would you expose me? Now all of a sudden, not only is his light like bringing healing to those dark areas, but now I become a light. So, so my freedom, now all of a sudden I get to go and help somebody else be free. My healing, and now I get to go. My light, now I get to go and be a light. Man, maybe I'm the only one that this ministered to this week. But this is huge. So you deal with your junk first, and then you help other people's lives. Verse 14, this is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is, this is what the whole message is about. Wake up! Right? Wake up, sleeper. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. His light will shine on you. Like a lot of us, we just go through life and we're just sleeping through this thing. We just, time to make the donuts, right? We just get up and we do this and we come home and we eat something and we go to bed and, and it's rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And I just hear Jesus over my life and your life saying, wake up, sleeper. Let Christ's light shine on you. Wake up, sleeper. Let's find something worth living for. Let's have a purpose. Let's have a reason to wake up in the morning. Wake up, sleeper. Verse 15. He says, be, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. That's a key word there, making the most of every opportunity. I believe this is that God will give you every opportunity to find your purpose when you follow his game plan. When we start following his game plan, obviously, first, last week we talked about, about uh, getting saved and, and following Jesus, and, and we're talking about finding purpose. When you decide, I'm going to follow his game plan, he will give you every opportunity to find your purpose. He, he, he will, and he does, and you get to take advantage of every opportunity. And he goes on and it says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I love that again. This is again, this is like, all right, let's go on a journey. Let's figure this out. Let's find out, Lord, what is your will? Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And, and some of us, we read past that and we're like, debauchery, yeah, that's the, that's the bad stuff. Do you want to know what debauchery is? This is what debauchery is. It's excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures. It's habitual, unrestrained indulgence in lust and sensuality. Or, or here's this one, extreme indulgence in your senses. In other words, your senses or your feelings are calling the shots in your life. When we, when we give in to this word called debauchery, it's like my body is calling the shots, not my spirit. My body is, I'm just doing what I feel like doing. It's my feelings. It's my body. And, 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 and he's saying, instead, instead of doing that, instead of getting lost in that, be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It, he's like, man, it's a good deal. Any of you have found that? Being filled with the spirit is a good deal? He said, instead, be filled with the spirit. And that word there for the Holy Spirit is actually uh, um, breath. And that breath is the, is the breath of life, and it gives life. And so all of this that we're talking about today, it's going to boil down for three questions to help you discover something this morning. And here's these three questions. Number one, what am I doing that I should not be doing? 
Have you ever thought about that? What am I doing? And you're like, well, I'm in church right now, Jonathan. No, no, no. Like, just in life, what am I doing that I should not be doing? And, and all of us, if we're honest, there's something. Some of us are living a life we were never meant to live. And you're, you're sitting there, man, this question, maybe it's bringing up stuff. What am I doing in life right now that I should not be doing? I'll tell you, God is here to give a fresh start. Romans 12, 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Is it up there on the screen? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Man, as I am transformed, there's this whole deal. As I allow God to just wash over me and transform my mind, now I'm able to actually test and approve what God's will is. And guess what? It's his good pleasing and perfect will. Proverbs chapter 4 goes on in verse 25. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. I like this. Do not turn to the right or to the left. And it's so easy, right? We're on this journey and we want to turn to the right. We want to turn to the left. And he's saying, fix your gaze. Here, look here, right? I have to do that with my daughter sometimes. Like, like, no, no, look here. I think it was just last night. I'm like, hey, hey, and and you know, they're looking all around or whatever. I'm like, right here, fix, fix your eyes, fix your eyes, focus. And he's saying that. Fix your eyes. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Stay focused. Stay focused on me. And this is gonna be that thing. Again, we're, we'll plug it even even next week um, during the morning service. Discover your design is uh, is in the conference room. And so, um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, number two, what am, I, what am I not doing that I should be doing? What am I not doing? So the first one is, what am I doing that I should not be doing? But here, what am I not doing that I should be doing? And we think, just pause for a second. Take like, a, take like 15 seconds. What am I not doing that I should be, that I should be adding in to my life? I'll tell you, God has opportunities for you. He's got ideas for you. James chapter 4, verse 17 says this, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Isn't that interesting? Like, we, we always talk about the don't do the bad stuff, right? Don't, don't do the whole list. Like, you know, you got these Ten Commandments and you got all these things. And if I were to ask, hey, give me a whole list of sins, like we could just go through and write them down. Like, all right, stay away from that stuff, right? But watch this. The book of James, it says this. If you know the good you ought to do and don't do it, it, for you, that's a sin. In other words, I don't have to tell you what it is. You already know. I, I don't have to be like, uh, like Holy Jonathan in your life because <laughs> you've got a Holy Spirit. And if, if we were to go across this room and as you were to just be honest with yourself, we would all just know, hey, here's the good that I ought to do. Here's the things that God has asking me to do? What am I not doing that God wants me to do right now in this season of my life? Matthew chapter 6 verse 34 in one version it says like this, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Isn't that powerful? So here's the last one. 
Why not do it today? I mean, I think that God is challenging all of our hearts to live on purpose. Isn't it really that thought that we're all going to end up somewhere, but few of us end up somewhere on purpose. And what if you just stopped living your life accidentally? What if we stopped being the, the dog that's just sitting there on the racetrack panting? What if, what if we stopped being the dog that just runs through the wall with a couple broken ribs, trying, working really hard, just going in the wrong direction? Or what if we stopped being that dog that's howling at everybody else and it's blaming everybody else and all of this stuff and we're just really loud but we're not doing it? What if we just stopped doing that? What if, what if instead of re- doing really, really great at aiming at the wrong target, we started aiming at the right one? And this morning, the challenge for you, the challenge for me is this, is could we as a church body, say, I have decided to find my purpose. I'll tell you, when you decide that, when you have gotten clear, man, your life is going to start making sense. You are going to, you're going to be on a journey that people's lives are going to be changing for the kingdom of God. The people in your sphere are going to start coming to know the Lord. This church will benefit from you. Man, I start thinking about questions like this. What are the costs and benefits of me not finding my purpose? What are the costs and benefits? I think about this. Well, a benefit of me not finding my purpose is, well, I'm just not accountable to it. I, I, then, then, I, then, I, then nobody can, can say, hey, you've got it right or, you, or you've got it wrong. If I don't find my purpose, I can just, I can just live life. Isn't that a benefit? I mean, what, what's the cost of not finding my purpose? Man, the cost of not finding my purpose, the cost to me and to others is, is I don't get to fully embrace what God's called me to do, and you suffer if I don't find my purpose. And I suffer if you don't find your purpose. The Bible says that we are the body of Christ. He talks about that you know, where someone's a hand and someone's an elbow and somebody's a knee and somebody's a foot. And, and there's a place in the scripture where it says, man, the, the foot can't say to the nose, like, I don't need you, right? And, and, right? I mean, isn't that, wouldn't that be silly for, for your foot to say, well, I don't need the nose or the nose to say I don't need the foot? Man, and, and, and the same is also true that the foot can't say, man, I just really, really want to be a nose. Man, life would be perfect if I was a nose. Doesn't that just sound crazy? But we do that. And, and well, man, I just really, if I could just be Dennis, life would be so much better if I could just be Dennis. And God's shouting at me, Jonathan, just be Jonathan. And I think he's saying that to all of us today. He wants you to fully be who he's called you to be in the body of Christ, in this church, in this community, in your home, in your family. And that's my story. I'm sticking to it. I'd really like you guys to find out today. There's a verse here, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. It says, For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you. In the day of salvation I helped you. And watch this. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Not not next week. Not next semester. Today. Now. Any procrastinators in the room? Is there anybody? Any procrastinators in the room? Some of you procrastinators are like, I'm going to raise my hand in a minute. Hmm. Today is the day. Pastor Kelly and the team, would you come? Today's the day. Today's the day.
maybe we could just all stand together as we get ready to close and the team's going to lead us in one last song. We're going to have some people up here. If you need prayer for anything, you need prayer for breakthrough, you've, you're just, you're like, man, there's something going, going on in my life and I just can't get it on my own. I need someone to stand with me. I need someone to pray with me. Um, we're going to have prayer teams up here. And specifically this too, if, if you say, say, you know what, Pastor Jonathan, I, I relate with one of those stories. I either relate with the dog or the shooter, right? And like, man, I don't want to relate to the dog. But you, where you just feel like, man, I'm just going through life aimlessly. The rabbit blew up and I don't have anything I'm, I'm, I'm running after. Or you're like, man, I'm trying really hard and I'm aiming at the wrong target. And you're just like, man, I just would like someone to pray with me to find purpose and to find revelation in my life. If you, you come up here this morning too, and we'd love to be able to pray with you. Let's pray and let's worship with this one last song. Holy Spirit, all over this room, would you help each and every one of us, each and every person at the sound of my voice to discover purpose. Lord, I believe with all my heart that you created each and every person in this room, in this building with specific purpose. There's a reason why we're on this planet. Would you help us find that? Help us to make a difference in the kingdom of God and make a difference in just somebody else's life. It's because of Jesus we pray. Amen. If you need prayer, would you come forward and let's worship with this one last song and we're out.